podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the second of our Wisden Ashes dailies. Australia finished day two at Edgebaston on 311 for five, 82 runs behind England. I'm Yazrana and with me today is Melinda Farrell. Mel, 290-odd for five across a day sounds quite normal on paper, but there's still so much going on. Um, Broad taking two and two in the morning, the noise that Edgebaston made when that happened, Kawad is 100, Harry Brook coming on first change. Uh, there's missed chances for England. Let's start with the man of the day, Usman Kawadja. Um, he's been dropped seven times by Australia. He's been on quite a few Ashes tours. That's the seventh hundred in the, since the start of last year. To people who haven't really been following his career trajectory, what's, what's happened? He looks like a completely different player to, to, to English fans, at least. Yeah, I mean, it's a great story, isn't it? Uzi thought his career was over, and I think that's perhaps the key to it. Queensland showed a lot of faith in him, making him captain back in Australia uh, at a state level. And he got his opportunity coming back in. And, and since he has, he's just been playing without burdens, I think. Uh, he's kind of accepted that each each time might be his last. Uh, and it, he's played with a wonderful freedom. I mean, as you say, the seven, seven centuries, but he's been averaging, his average is now up around 70 uh, since he came back. And it's almost like each time he's conquered a new frontier. At home in Australia, he's been absolutely magnificent. There were lots of you know, critics saying he probably couldn't do it in India and he showed he could do it in India. This, I think, was the final frontier because not just the fact that he's been dropped over here uh, so uh, several couple mm. of times as well, but that he ha has a really poor average over here, I think, mm. before this. Do you think he passed 60 before? Yeah, yeah exactly. It, 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 was a, it wasn't a great record for him. Mm. And, and interestingly, in the press conference that he's just done, to which he brought his little daughter, by mm. the way. That, that was the cutest press conference <laughs> I think I've ever seen. Um, but but he, he was making the point of saying he honestly doesn't read the media, but he knows that that a lot of people have been questioning his record over here and perhaps thinking that, you know, it, it, it might come back to, to bite him again over here when, when the ball was was swinging or seeming, you know. It was mm. like people saying he couldn't really play spin or, well, he can't play swing or seam. Uh, he, he proved that as wrong today. And he's just a much more confident, relaxed player. Even the fact that he brought his his daughter to the press conference mm. today, he, he's going to be himself. And he's made that very clear. And I think you saw that in the celebration as well. He's much more his own man now. And mm. although it's, he doesn't have a point to prove but at the same time, I think he's enjoying showing that he can do it over here yeah. and that he can do it in these conditions against these bowlers. And there's a box that he's ticked that so many great players haven't actually ticked, like David Warner at the end. I, I sometimes compare the two of them, similar age. Obviously, Warner's been in the team for much longer. But now, Kawaj is the guy who averages more in Test cricket. He's the guy with the Test 100 in England. It's actually quite phenomenal what he's achieving at this stage in his career. Um, and, and the celebration that you mentioned as well was amazing. The, the <laughs> bat throw. I, th I thought initially that it was accidental, but then watching it a few times afterwards, it was definitely deliberate, yeah. even if it wasn't. Uh, and it just showed how much this particular century meant to him, I think. Mm. Uh, I mean, he obviously, I think he loved, loved it in Australia when he came back into the side and there were some celebrations then. But 
this doing it over here mm. and also i think he's he'd been copying it a lot from the crowd and he did say that mm. he's been getting plenty of people reminding him that his average over here isn't great so i think mm. all of that together uh meant it made it just you know a little bit more special for him mm. um I, I had a lot of fun today just watching stokes do stokes things <laughs> in the field uh obviously the the, the highlight was harry brook coming on uh, in what the fifteenth over of the, of, of the innings, uh, coming on to bowl with a newish ball ahead of Ollie Robinson. But then when Cam Green came out, you had that kind of semicircle of fielders in close uh, on both sides of the wicket, uh, straight to the short ball ploy with head, uh, even persisting with Moeen when Moeen was going at sevens after lunch with mid off and mid on in, and it ultimately gets to wickets of head. Um, it's just amazing to watch a captain just never lets the game drift. Even when he wants to contain, it feels like such a deliberate decision that I want to contain is not. He doesn't just let things happen. He always seems to be in control. And on a pitch like this that Stuart Ball criticised late in the day, um, you kind of need that. Like we were talking earlier today about how uh, maybe the most impressive thing that he's done as captain is every time England play, they take 20 wickets. Yeah. And this isn't quite Pakistan-level pitches, but it's not a million miles off. Well, no. And that was my favourite. Out of all the absolute bonkers things that have happened in the past couple of days, Harry Brook coming on to bowl so early. It was definitely mine. And not just that. <laughs> the fact that that you had players like Steve Smith and Usman Khawaja paying him so much respect as he trundled in with his his, his dibbly dobblers. I've, I just actually asked Paul Collingwood in the press conference then, was it always the plan to have him come on and bowl early or at Smith? and Or was it just like Ben going, okay, you yeah. know, doing what he did, that great photo of him there. <laughs> Try it. Uh, and he said, he just laughed and said, yes. He, he thought that was just Ben and, and also that Harry Brook is, is, is encouraging uh, Stokes to, to give him a newer ball because mm. he reckons he could take three or four wickets. <laughs> His economy rate, absolutely outstanding yeah. after um, three, what is it, three overs. But uh, it just goes to show, you know, last time around, uh, in the ashes over here, but with Smith in particular, has all that stuff about how how can you get through his bubble when he he just has so much focus and he's just able to shut everything out. And it it kind of felt that that he was prepared to do quite unusual things. Mm. It was amazing looking at some of those fields sometimes, and you're just laughing, going, "This is this is incredible stuff." But there's obviously there's a method to it. And I, it's, I, it's partly that too. It's imposing yourself on the game and mm. making them always think. And Usman Khawaja actually just said, which I thought was very interesting, asking him about that. He, he said um, he can see a lot of Brendan McCullum in it because he's played against Brendan mm. uh, a number of times. And he sort of said, you know, one moment he's got all the field on the, the leg side and then he next ball he shifts them all to the mm. offside. So I thought that was quite interesting because I haven't actually... Uh, heard anyone say mm. that so it, it'd be quite fascinating to actually find out how much of, of Ben Stokes field placements come from discussions with with Brendan McCullum mm. and and how many are just him you know coming up with things himself obviously the bowlers mm. have some stuff to do with it and he has lots of conversations with the likes of Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson as mm. well um, what do you make of Moeen's performance? He bowled a lot today. So he think he bowled 29 overs. If you add Joe Root's spin in as well, 36 overs of spin on day two of Test Match England. That's not something you see a lot of. In the end, Moeen took two wickets, 
could have had more. There was a miss stumping Cameron Green's second ball and the drop catch as well. Uh, so that was off, off Joe Root. But he was creating chances. Um, and I thought I thought he did okay, personally. Uh, I thought he bowled well in the in the first session. In particular, I you know, I did it. There are always... I mean, we know what we were going to get. And he said it as well beforehand that he, he's never held down an end mm. in his life. And I, I love that honesty. Um, uh, he bowled some very good balls. And he bowled some that were really easy to get away. Mm. And then uh, that ball that he bowled Cameron Green with was just an Amazing. absolute picture. I've been right. I've been writing this this piece about um, the Swan to Ponting ball in two thousand and nine, and I think it, it bounced a little bit more, but it was a, a really similar in the way you know the off spinner to the right handed yeah. that just drifts late, uses it, it uses the foot marks mm. and and lures. The batter in here. he lured Cam Green into that shot in the same similar way to how how Swanee lured Ponting in. Yeah. Um, so that that was really funny. That was just incredible. He he's in the team because of balls like that mm. and his ability to do that. It did take them a little while to really start going for him. I think as well. At first, it was a bit a bit of caution, but you saw that as well. It's not just because of those balls that he bowls. It's the fact he should have had Green out uh, early. Second ball. Yeah, second yeah. ball. Um, because he, he immediately tried to be aggressive towards mm. him. So that's the other flip side of that as mm. well. And I think after that, Green was a, a little bit more cautious. Yeah. Because uh, he could have been gone so so early. Uh, so, you know, I, I think he probably did what Ben Stokes expected him to do. And Stokes kept the confidence in him he kept the field up and and he turned and pointed at Stokes when he uh got Travis head out when yeah. he again that's a typical thing went after him just mostly got inside of the bat um and he, he pointed straight at Stokes after he took that wicket because he yeah. kept that confidence in him yeah I thought um I mean he, he was the only England bowler to take a wicket after lunch you know there was barely a chance before the second new ball came came via Seymour and England very quickly used a short ball ploy and, and, and I wonder if, if England are slightly surprised by the nature of the pitch how much it's turning early but also how little there is for the Seamers. As I said earlier, Broad was uh, saying that's one of the slowest pitches he's seen in England. And I, and I wonder if they knew it was going to be this slow, whether we would, we would have seen Mark Wood in the side. I know Broad's bowled brilliantly. He's probably been the pick of the Seamers. But do you need Broad, Robinson and Anderson on a pitch like this? Probably not. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that the, the pitch obviously plays a big part in it. I guess before heading into this test, they they wanted broad because uh, not just because but uh, if you know that there's or you feel that you can get inside the head of Dave Warner really early in an Ashes Test, why, why wouldn't you do it? And and it worked. It worked an absolute peach. And, and then his new delivery, the away swing, he does the Morrislavishain first ball. Uh, it's amazing <laughs> because he's he's telegraphed that. He's talked about it, and then you know I'm sure I'm sure Morrislavishain has seen that as well. The new outswinger. Um, <laughs> But amazingly, that worked as well. So broad, you could see that with Broad's inclusion. You can also understand why they wouldn't have wanted to leave Jimmy Anderson out mm. the first test of, of this Asher series as well. So so I can kind of understand that. And I can kind of understand Ollie Robinson yeah. as well because he's in some ways been bowling better than either of the other two when you look at the early season over here. Yeah. I, but it, it is that, oh, I was just going to say, it is that 
that point of difference. Um, and we, we are going to see them all come in. So it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if we see Mark Wood come in in the next test. Definitely. I, I felt quite sorry for you, Robinson, because bowling short is not really any of those guys' things, but it's, it's really not Robinson's thing. Um, mm. and, and, and he didn't get the new ball in the morning. Brooke had a go before him, and then he didn't get the new ball <laughs> straight away in the evening as well. So uh, tough day out for him. Uh, lots of questions on on the uh, missed chances. I mean, James asked, surely England have to recognise the value of having a world-class keeper and go back to folks. That drop-off route would have been poor at club level. Um, I mean, it. I think if you gave England at the start of the day, you're going to create nine chances. They take that. They would absolutely take that. Um, the, the the no ball wicket, uh, second ball, the new ball as well. It's a completely different game. If even one of those three or four chances even get get taken, um, I mean it's hard to criticise Berto too much because he was absolutely brilliant with the bat yesterday. Um, but Stokes, the whole leadership group, said when the squad was announced, they didn't really really consider doing anything funky up the top of the order. Berto was always going to come in. So I think once they'd made that initial decision you're always going to have this this balance of side. And, and, and that happens. I, I, I thought the stumping chance was quite difficult, but the the, the drop-off route for Kerry, uh, I think, probably was more straightforward. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah, he made a couple of mistakes. And I know that was... It's funny, you know, that because that was such a massive talking point beforehand. And it was partly a massive talking point because of Ben folks. Uh but where do you fit them both mm. in? And and I did notice a lot of people then talking about Zach Crawley. But you look at what Zach Crawley did, and that was exactly mm. what they want him to do as well. So it's yeah, it, it's a tricky one, and that that age old uh, conundrum about do you want your best wicketkeeper mm. batsman or your best batsman wicketkeeper in there? We'll have to wait and see how it pans out, I think. It's, mm. Because if, if it hadn't been, not just the runs that Johnny Bairstow scored in the first innings, but that partnership that he had with Joe Root was mm. probably the most important one for England uh, in that whole in that whole innings and got them to, to where they were. So, so, I don't know. We'll have to maybe judge the, the keeping thing over a longer period of time. And he did take a really good catch he as well. A fantastic. Absolute mm. screamer. So, yeah, so you have to remember that. You you don't know one way or the other what someone else may have done. Uh, but at the end of the day, England, I, I think, have brought him in and I think they're going to stick back. I think they're back him. This is not an England that brings a player in and then drops him. And then why would you drop him when he's, exactly. when he's done that, what he's done? And I don't see them dropping Crawley either. Yeah. I mean, especially after how he batted yesterday. Um, but those those 13 no balls across the day, I think also massively cost England in the end. Um, I mean, it's end of day two, really evenly poised. And I love that... Uh, they're playing such different rounds of cricket, but here we are two days in and there's actually very, very little to separate them. Yes, um, and that's the thing about this whole thing. It, it's so hard to know who's on top at so many different uh, points of the game. Like that, you'd have to say that you know, the first session was England's session and then there was then there was the tuffle. Tuffle? There was a tuffle, <laughs> also known as the tussle, uh, and then that, that final session today, mm. I think you know, that was definitely Australia's session. Mm. So it's just, just been great. And it is hard to know. It's just hard to know where everything's balanced all the time. Because mm. could come out tomorrow, you know, if England get through, and we could end up basically with both sides being very even mm. after two, after 
say, two and a half days cricket. Mm. Well, we'll have a newish ball tomorrow. Uh, Australia, 82 runs behind, all to play for with three days to go. Mel, cheers for joining me. We'll be back tomorrow after day three here at Edgebaston. Podcast Network.